I want to see how many of you really love Jesus. Give him another hand cup of praise. Come on. Now do me one other favor and look at your neighbor with the best smile you've got on Sunday morning and tell them something good is about to happen in your life. Come on, would you let them know that? <laughs> Praise God. How many of you know God responds to our expectation? If we expect good things to happen, I believe good things come toward us. And so it's very, very important that we realize the significance of our expectation. There's something the Holy Spirit has been speaking to me, and I'm so thrilled that your pastor allowed me the privilege of being here today to share some of these thoughts. And I'm going to do my best to uh, get the microphone back to him in plenty of time to do what he needs to do at the end. So you pray for me because I believe in miracles. That means I'll finish on time. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I want you to open your Bible to the book of Genesis, the very first chapter. The very first chapter. I think that's a good place to start since that's the book of beginnings. And I want to read this to you out of the NIV. This is Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. I don't think there's a more powerful statement in all of Scripture than this particular statement, and God said. If you have a God said on any situation, you can have confidence in your heart it's going to turn out all right. Amen. One word from God. Somebody say that. One word. One word. one word from God really can revolutionize your life. It can change everything about your world. One word. It doesn't have to be an entire sermon. In the middle of a message, in the middle of a prophetic proclamation, God can give you one sentence, one thought, one idea, and it can shift everything about you. And when that happens, you're going to get lifted. And when you get lifted, you're going to see different than you saw before. Amen. And when you see different, you usually see further. Amen. And when you see further, you see your possibility. And you see your potential. But that's not what I want to major on today. The thing that I want to major on is the fact that when God said in the beginning, when he spoke the words that he spoke, let there be light and there was light, that was the first evidence of sound coming to earth. The first evidence of sound ever be, be, being heard in this sphere that you and I live in. And the Holy Spirit began to talk to me before the beginning of this year about the significance of the sound. Because I believe there is a sound for the church universal. I believe there is a sound for the church locally. And I believe there is a sound for you as an individual. And it's very important that we discover and release that sound. We've got a lot of people in church that have never discovered their sound. And you haven't discovered yours. <laughs> Let me try it again. I said, there's a lot of people in church that have never discovered their sound. 
Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm going to have my sound. Come on, just tell them. Yeah, in other words, there is something that has been specifically designed by the Creator for you to release that nobody else can release. The same way that there are no two people in this room alike. Nobody has the same fingerprints. Nobody has the same retinal scan. Nobody has the same DNA. Everybody is different. By the same token, each of us have the God-given ability to release a sound that nobody else can release. That's one of the reasons why you are significant and intricate in the body of Christ. That's one of the reasons why your sound is needful. Because without your sound, we can't release the corporate sound that will bring corporate blessing. And when corporate blessing comes, how many of you know everybody benefits? So it's not just about me getting my blessing. But it's about me being part of releasing a blessing so that everybody else can have what God wants them to have and enjoy. So when I look at this in scripture, I begin to realize the significance. And you know, Pastor, God never wastes words. If God says something, it's because something is going to be produced or something is going to manifest. When God said, and let there be light, the next scripture said there was light. So anytime there's a God said, there will be a result. And there's some of you that are in this room right now that God is getting ready to bring results. Because I didn't come today for the purpose of trying to preach a specific sermon. I came today to deliver a present word from the Lord. And I believe that if that word from God is heard in your heart and in your life, it will not only revolutionize your thinking, it will revolutionize your circumstance. And the thing I'm interested in is seeing you embrace what God has for you. Because what God has for you is so much greater than anything you've ever dared believe. Can I go on? Now the Bible says faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God in the book of Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that means there's got to be a sound for faith to come. If there's no sound, then faith will never come to the life of the believer. And the believer will never be able to be a true believer because believers believe. So it's very important and significant that we come to the place in our lives that we are in tune with the frequency of heaven. Because God doesn't talk to everybody the same way. God talks to us on our own frequency. You have a different channel than I have. Why? Because I understand things from my perspective. You understand things from your perspective. How many of you have, to, uh, uh, have communicated with people and you found there's some people you just have to explain it a little more to? <laughs> Don't look around, please. <laughs> but there's some people you just kind of have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it again. No, I didn't say, okay, well, let me try this angle. But God doesn't have to use angles because God knows you. And he knows exactly how to communicate to you what he's wanting to say. And so the thing that God does 
is God speaks to each individual on their certain frequency. And that's the miracle and the amazing thing of when the gospel is being preached. When the gospel is being preached, the preacher doesn't have to try to tune into everybody's frequency. He turns into or tunes into one frequency, and that's the frequency of heaven. And when he tunes into the frequency of heaven and begins to release in the earth what the sound of heaven is, then everybody that is on heaven's frequency can understand in their own sound what God is saying. Because in the same service, maybe God says one thing to you, but another thing to someone else. Because God knows what you need. And God knows how to get it to you and how to get it through you. He loves you that much. When I begin to look at this, the Spirit of the Lord spoke something to me and I hadn't been able to get away from it. He said, son, I want you to know that the password to your miracle is found in one thing. Praise. The password... To your miracle is praise. You can't praise without sound. Look at your neighbor and tell them, if you praise, you have to make some noise. Now see, I like people to help me preach because if you say what I'm saying, then I know there's a better chance you'll remember it. So look at somebody else and say, neighbor, you can't praise without sound. You've got to be lifting up some kind of a sound. You can follow it all throughout scripture. When there was praise, there was noise or sound. Now I don't have time to get into the difference between noise and sound. There is a difference. I've been in a lot of noisy places, but they weren't making a sound. A sound is distinct. A sound is authentic. A sound is something that has been released from heaven to earth and now from earth back to heaven. And nothing will ever, listen, nothing will ever come to the earth now that God has set everything in place. Nothing will ever come to the earth until somebody on the earth is in tune with heaven and releases a sound of faith for heaven to respond to. God spoke, and when he spoke, what he said came to pass. In, in the book of Acts, and you know this scripture, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Bible said, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were in one place in one accord, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all of the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they began to speak with the other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. It all started with a sound from heaven. They had been waiting for 10 days. They did not know really what to expect. The only thing they had was a word from the Lord. He said, go wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. That's all they knew. How is this power going to come? How is it going to manifest? How will we know we've received it? When God does something that is genuine and authentic, he takes away every question. Because nobody was asking the next day, are you sure that was it? No, no, no. It was the sound 
of heaven. And when the sound of heaven came into that upper room, things began to shift and change in such a dynamic way that the next day there was a church on planet earth with over 3,000 members. In one day, God launched something supernatural that is still shaking this planet. And I know you can look at the news and you can listen to the naysayers and you can get discouraged and negative and all of that because of what people focus on in society today. But when I look at things from the perspective or the vantage point of the Word of God, I realize we are living in the most exciting hour that has ever been for the church of Jesus Christ. We are living in a time when God is giving a distinct sound, a last day call. And that call is resonating in the life of believers that it might be dictated and released into the world. Because they'll never know God unless they see and hear something different. They have heard the rattling bones of religion too long. They have heard... All the voices of those that are caught up in the doctrinal teachings of men and the theological ideas of humanism. The seeker-sensitive group that doesn't want you to get too uncomfortable. <laughs> One of the things I love most about preaching is making people uncomfortable. That's why sometimes I'm not going to stay on the platform. I'm going to come where you are. Because I like to look in your itty bitty eyes. And I like to do everything that I can to make you feel like, is he talking only to me? Why? Because I want to provoke your thinking. I want you to realize that what I'm saying today is not some random thought or some message that has come from somewhere out yonder for somebody in some place. No, no, this is for you. This is for you to wake up your praise. This is for you to wake up your shout. This is for you to come back to the point that you understand that God has custom made me to praise the Lord. You understand, when he created you, he cut you out of a cloth and a fabric that is able and capable to release a sound of praise that nobody on this earth can release. There is not another you. Well, I'm coming out there. I said there is not another you. I don't care where you look on the planet, and I've been all over the planet. I've been to Africa, I've been to Asia, I've been to Europe, I've been to the islands of the sea, I've been to the Middle East, I've preached across America, and there is nobody on the planet like you, because I've been looking for you. There's nobody that has your sound. There's nobody that has your ability. There's nobody that has your grace. There's nobody that has your anointing. One of the reasons that we often find ourselves in the midst of chaotic situations and circumstances, one of the reasons we feel the pressure of spiritual warfare is because the devil is coming after our sound. He wants to silence us because he knows in our silence we become vulnerable. 
But I kind of got a feeling there's some people in this house today that are determined I will not be shut up. I will not be silenced. I will not be quiet. I will lift up my voice and make a sound. I can already hear the conversations after church. Some people are saying, why did pastor let him come today? Your sound. Look at your neighbor and tell them, it's my sound. Now, you, you know this. We are the body, is that right? The body of Christ. And the Bible says that each one of us are members in particular. Each one of us has a part to play. Each one of us have a significant role. There's something you can do I can't do. There's something I can do you can't do. So we need each other. God made it that way. See, if God had not made it that way, then you would be an isolationist. And you would think, I don't need anybody, and I just get out here all by myself and do my own thing. You do that, the devil will kill you. He'll kill you before 3 o'clock in the morning because you are vulnerable by yourself. But when you are connected with other people, one can put a 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. And if you follow that biblical process of mathematics, a, a, a three can put a 100,000 to flight. Four can put a million to flight. You see what I'm saying? In other words, it's a quantum leap of power that happens when the body gets together in unity. That's one of the reasons why the devil hates unity. That's one of the reasons why he don't want us coming together like they came together in the upper room. When they got together in the upper room, they were one mind and they were one accord. That's unity. Unity is not sameness. Are you still here? I said unity is not sameness. I don't need you to be like somebody else and I sure don't want you to Are you still here? I didn't know because I turned the mic off. I said, one of me is enough. And look at your neighbor and smile just a little bit and tell them, and one of you is enough too. Come on. Just. <laughs> See, you, you, you've got to come to grips with the reality that God put you on the planet and placed you in the body because you are needful. And if you have nothing you feel you can contribute but your sound, your sound is a must. The sound that God has orchestrated and thought about for this specific ministry can never be heard in its perfectness without everybody that's connected releasing their sound. That's why when somebody sits next to me and they get quiet, I love it. Because while I'm standing or sitting next to them, I begin to lean their way with my praise. Because if I can't get them to do anything except, excuse me, you're crowding me. I'm getting something out of them. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm just waiting for something to come out of you. Come on. See, God wants us to release an authentic, genuine, heavenly sound. Not a sound that we have learned through the rhetoric of religion, but a sound that has come from heaven to our soul. I don't know what happened for you, but when I got born again, everything changed. 
My thinking changed. My conduct changed. Everything about me changed. And one of the things that changed was the kind of sound I made. Because the sound I made B.C. was just a bunch of noise in clubs, on platforms, doing crazy stuff. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. But after Christ, ACDC, I like that. No, BC, 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 not DC. <laughs> Somebody say after Christ. After Christ, my sound changed. In other words, I got a tune-up. I was out of tune and didn't know it. And some of you are out of tune and you don't know it. Because you're still not making your authentic sound. You're allowing preconceived ideas to limit you. You're allowing the product of the past experiences of life to constrain you. You're allowing your fears to keep you in containment. You are allowing the traditions of men to hold you in captivity. But I release a prophetic word in this house today. There is a sound coming out of this ministry and this church that's not just going to shake Wrightsville and it's not just going to shake York County. It's going to shake nations. There is a sound that's coming out of this house that is going to go forth and cause enemies to flee as you've never thought possible. Your sound can bring victory. It brought it for Israel when they marched around Jericho. Somebody say, my sound. See, I said it earlier and I got to repeat it. There's power in your worship. There's power in your hallelujah. There's power in your in the name of Jesus. You don't just need to come to church to have pastors say, in the name of Jesus. Did you know you can say that at home? Did you know you can say that in your automobile? Did you realize that God gave you the capacity to use that name just like anybody else? It's not just for the fivefold ministry. Surprise. It's for everybody. If you believe, if you believe, then in his name, you can cast out devils. You can heal the sick. You can cleanse the leper and you can raise the dead. You can speak with tongues. You can do miracle signs and wonders because you were made for that. You were created for that. Somebody says, little old me. There are no little old me's in the kingdom. You're royalty. I wish you'd smile at somebody you didn't get to look at yet and tell them you're amazing. Come on, just tell them you're amazing. Somebody needs to hear that today because they don't feel very amazing. Come on, tell them you're amazing. You're a wonder. You're a sign. You're a miracle. When I look at you, I see God's possibility. I see the potential of heaven on earth. Choose your words wisely. Don't just speak crazy things because words are creative. Words have the power to create our reality. Words are, are amazing. They have the ability to convene. What do you mean by that, Archbishop? I mean when you speak what's on God's mind, everything connected to what he said you should say shows up. 
Not only do words convene, but words also conquer. You want to defeat your enemy? Start making your sound. Don't just make it in church. Make it in your house. Hello. Some of y'all, you know, you, you've never really heard anybody in your house get what we used to call shouting happy. But that's what needs to happen in somebody's house. Because what would happen, it will, well, I won't say it that way, it'll scare the devil. I don't know if you can handle it the way I started to say it. It might be too much for it. it it'll scare the devil. It'll put him on the run. If you will open your mouth and begin to release your sound. The only reason the enemy has been able to gain access and to pressure you is because you're sitting quietly under a juniper tree. And the devil has put you in depression. He's taken away your joy. He's taken away your praise if you've ever had one. And if you never had one, you can get one. Because everybody that has breath was created to praise him. How many breathers we got here this morning? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm glad some hands were raised. Amen. We got some breathers in this house. So if you're breathing, you were created for what? To praise. Not to just take up space and use up oxygen. You were created to make a sound. When I listened to the praise and worship team this morning, I thought, God, how beautiful that must be in your ear. To hear somebody from the deep of their heart expressing their love and their worship for you. Not just singing memorized lyrics, but from their spirit communicating their love, their adoration, their sincere appreciation for you and for who you are and whose they are. Oh God, how beautiful that must be in your ear. But the thing that concerned me on the other hand was in my mind, even though I don't have eyes in the back of my head, I perceived that there were some that were not in the same flow. There were some that were not worshiping with them. But rather you were being a spectator and you were observing their behavior and you were watching their praise. Whether you know it or not, that's spiritual pornography. <laughs> you know, you just got quiet now. In other words, you're watching them be intimate with God and you're not doing anything. I won't sit down. L listen to me, seriously. God wants you to become a participator in showing your love toward him. Now, we don't all do it the same way because we don't all have the same sound. And I'm glad about that, too. There's certain sounds I couldn't tolerate. Have you ever heard somebody talk in a monotone voice at a certain pitch? And the longer they went, the more your skin crawled. <laughs> and the more you begin to feel your flesh rise up over your spirit, saying, God, if you don't shut them up, I will. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one that's still that unsanctified, but I I've been there a few times. In the travels that I've been on, I've been around some people where the only thing I wanted to do was find a way to stop them. Please, quit talking. Hush, sit down. And the more I wanted them to quit, the more they talked. But see, that's why we need blended 
sound. It's one voice out of a community, but that voice is harmonious. That voice is in unity. Your sound and my sound and the other sound and the other sound and another sound. And all of a sudden, God said, oh, would you listen to that? And when God hears the kind of sound he wants to hear, he'll start patting his foot. And when he starts patting his foot, the walls start shaking. And the things that wouldn't come down start coming down. I kind of feel like somebody's about to have a Holy Ghost earthquake. And God's about to shake and rattle some things that have been resisting you. Some prison doors are going to open. Some opposition's going to flee before you. Doors that have been closed are going to swing open on the hinges of faith. There's somebody today about to walk headlong into a miracle. And God is going to give you an encounter that is beyond explanation and beyond your ability to articulate. The only thing that you'll be able to say is this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Now quickly and I'll, I'll take my seat. Listen. Sound does three things and it's important you hear this. Number one, sound carries authority. When you speak with the authority of heaven, everything has to listen. When a lion roars in the jungle, every other creature shuts up. And the Bible said that the Lord will roar out of Zion. That doesn't mean that God's going to go to Israel and stand on top of the mountain and roar. Zion, from a biblical perspective, typifies the church. And God's going to roar out of Zion. Now, how is his voice going to be heard? Are, are, you, are you with me? God's not going to come down and sit in the congregation on Sunday morning and roar. God's going to give you the sound. Then you're going to release the sound. And it's the same as God roaring. Because the righteous shall roar like a lion. And it's not just a lion, it's the lion of the tribe of Judah, which is praise. Touch your neighbor and tell them I'm getting something. Come on, just tell them. Yeah, I'm getting something. Some of you are going to wake up and realize that in the forest of life, you don't have to succumb to other adversarial forces. Roar! The roar of the sound of the lion that lives in you and every other voice will be silenced. Somebody said one time, the rhinoceros is greater than the lion in strength and more powerful as well. His hide is tougher and he can destroy the lion. The elephant is bigger than the lion and more powerful and he could destroy the lion. The giraffe is taller than the lion can see further than the lion and has greater capacity than the lion in many, many levels. But there's only one problem. The lion don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> and because he don't know it, he don't believe it. Yeah. And it's the same way with a Christian. I saw something the other day, and it amazed me, Pastor Aaron. I was watching this thing that somebody had posted on Facebook, and a lion faced off with an alligator. Did you see that? That alligator come up out of the water, Mouth open would intimidate any other animal. And the lion got face to face with him and roared. And when he did, the alligator said, excuse me. 
See, that's what some of you need to do. You need to open your mouth and roar just a little bit. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you'd be amazed at my sound. Come on. See, see, some of you, some of you, the only time you hear anything about your sound is at your children or your dog or your cat. No, no, no. You need to make a sound unto the Lord. And when you begin to make it unto the Lord, every other voice will be silenced. And you will begin to taste the sweet taste of victory as you have never known it before. Once again, I prophesy, get ready. There are new levels coming to people in this room. There is new access coming. And there is a manifestation of miracles that is about to happen. I'm telling you, what they saw before, they won't see again because God stepped in. Everybody stand for just a moment. Sound carries authority. Authority announces identity. Identity establishes dominion. And you were created for dominion. I want you to say something with me out loud. I said out loud. Are you ready? Yes. Say, I believe the Bible. And I believe the way God created man. He created me. I was created in the image and in the likeness of a mighty God. Therefore, I boldly decree I have a sound. And it's the sound of dominion. Now turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, and neighbor, in case you didn't know it, I'm in charge. Are you still here? Do you understand that's what God said to Adam when he created him? He opened his eyes. After being formed from the dust of the earth and the first thing he saw was the face of God and said, God, God said to Adam, he said, Adam, you're in charge. Have dominion, have authority, have rule. Take over, it's your place, run it. It was lost, but regained through Jesus Christ, the last Adam. And so now we are put in a position of authority, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, I wish somebody would wake up and act like it. I'm in charge. That doesn't mean we rule over each other. That means we have dominion over powers and principalities, the rulers of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in high places. When I show up, they have to leave. I said, when I show up, they have to leave. That's the reason why the devil tries to block you sometimes because he don't want you to get where you're going because he knows when you get where you're going, he's got to get out. Oh, I wish I had another hour. Matter of fact, the second service starts in a little while, right? We can just kind of, no, I'm just kidding. Jesus told the disciples, get in the boat, we're going to the other side. Got in the boat, he went to sleep, and they were rowing. In the middle of the storm, in the middle of the sea, an, a storm suddenly came up. How many of you know that's how storms do? Suddenly. Everything was okay, and then suddenly, 
Something crazy happened. A storm came up. They became fearful. They woke up Jesus. Don't you care that we perish? Jesus said, why don't you have any faith? So he spoke to the wind and the waves. As a matter of fact, the scripture said he spoke to the wind. Because the wind was the supernatural activity. The waves was a natural response. So when he told that which was supernatural or spiritual to stop, that's where the activity was. And the wind stopped blowing. The waves sat down. And so he told the wind, said, stop. Peace be still. It stopped. Waves sat down. They got to the other side. What was the first thing they did when they got to the other side? Met a man from Gadara that was possessed with legions of devils. And Jesus cast them out. And that one man came the key to ten cities. He became the key to ten cities. You hear what I'm saying? Decapolis. That's ten. Decapolis. Ten cities. One man. And why was the storm? The storm was to try to keep them from getting there to deliver that man who was going to be the key to ten cities. So anytime the devil comes in your life with a storm or with some kind of activity, it's because he's trying to keep you from getting where you're going. Because he knows when you get there, you're going to change things. Do, do something with me, if you will, please. Just float with me here for a moment. Reach over. Maybe you're not used to it. Maybe you are. I don't know. But would you reach over and take your neighbor's hand in faith? Just make them a point of contact. Let that be an outward sign that your heart is connected to their heart and your faith to their faith. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that they not only will hear this word, but they will apply it. And they will begin to live in the reality of their sound, their identity. And as they begin to live in the realm of the reality of their sound and they release it, that they will begin to see the results of dominion and authority and victory. Oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus that they will begin to taste for themselves the results of their obedience to heaven's sound. That they will not be afraid to articulate what they hear in their spirit, but they will open their mouth and release a praise that will cause all of hell to be silent. I believe you today in the name of Jesus to cause them to rise up. To rise up as a mighty army. To rise up as a mighty force. To rise up with the roar of the lion. And to let their sound be heard for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. Now, if you love him and you believe you were created for a sound, I want you to do what the Bible says. Clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Shout with a voice of praise. Come on. Give God a shout.